Good morning. You know, kids, the real-life story of Jesus' birth is a story filled with miracles. Now, God had promised to come and help his people, and the moment had arrived. But how was he going to do it? Would the mountains bow down? Would the seas roar? Would the trees clap their hands? Would the earth hold its breath? No, that wasn't God's plan. God chose the most quiet and humble way to come to earth. And he did it when no one was looking. The Bible said there was a young girl who was engaged to a man named Joseph. All right, kids, everyone say Joseph. Thank you. And Joseph was the great, 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 great grandson of King David. And one morning, this girl was minding her own business when suddenly a big light appeared in her room. It was Gabriel, an angel, a a messenger from heaven. When she saw the tall, shining man standing there, Mary was afraid. But the angel said, you don't need to be scared. God is very happy with you. Mary looked around to see, well, maybe he's not talking to me. Mary, Gabriel said, and he laughed with such joy that Mary's eyes filled with tears. Mary, you are going to have a baby, a little boy. You will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He's the one. He is the rescuer. Kids, isn't that amazing? The God who flung the planets into space and kept them whirling around and around. The God who made the universe with just one word. The God who could do anything at all was making himself small and coming down as a little baby. But it's too wonderful, Mary said, and she felt her heart beating hard. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God? Gabriel asked. So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see, and she believed. She said, I am God's servant. Whatever God says, I will do. And sure enough, it happened just as the angel said. Nine months later, kids, let's count it off. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine months later, Mary was almost ready to have her baby. Now, Mary and Joseph, they had to take a trip to Bethlehem, the town that King David was from. But when they reached the little town, every room was full. Every bed was taken. Go away, the innkeepers told them. There isn't any place for you. So where were they going to stay? It was time for Mary's baby to come, and they couldn't find anywhere except an old, run-down stable. So they stayed where the cows and the donkeys and the sheep stayed. Okay, kids, on the count of three, give me your best sheep sound. One, two, three. That was perfect. Good job. And there in that stable... Among the chickens and the donkeys and the cows, in the quiet of the night, the baby that would change the world was born. God gave the world his most wonderful miracle, his baby son. And Mary and Joseph, they wrapped him up to keep him warm, and they made a soft bed of straw, and they used the animal's feeding trough as a cradle. And they gazed in wonder and love at God's great gift, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And Mary and Joseph named him Jesus, which means Emmanuel, 
which means God has come to live with us. God's greatest gift, his biggest miracle, his son, Jesus. Yes. Well, that is uh, worthy of celebrating. I heard some of you kids uh, giving that good bath. I heard some lower, uh, so I heard some, there's some grown, full-grown men in here that are just uh, letting that inner goat out, right? You know, so, hey, uh, my name's Keith. I'm one of the pastors here, and we have a great uh, reason to celebrate. It's, it's about Jesus, and so I know we have people of all different ages in this room. We also have our overflow uh, spaces. Um, we need to ha- say hi to a couple of different groups, okay? Uh, first off, we need to say hi to our overflowers, okay? That's in a room just over this way. So in this room, say, Merry Christmas, overflowers, on three, one, two, three. Merry Christmas. That's right. Now we've got to say hi to our Hubbers, okay? We have another venue that's taking place just four miles um, from here. So on three, Merry Christmas, Hubbers, one, two, three. Merry Thank you. We're so thankful to have uh, a couple of different environments to create space and for many of you uh, bringing friends. And, and it's great to have a family service, to be able to sit in service um, with, our, with our kids. And so kids, I know that this is a, a great season. Is anybody in this room like excited about like getting some gifts? Yeah, a few people. Is anybody excited about giving gifts? Yeah, actually more. Wow. <laughs> you guys are godly. This is good. <laughs> This is great, you know, um, but we're celebrating a lot of different things. And for me uh, personally, I think about what Christ has done, how God gave us his only son. And I'm like, man, I don't deserve that. I don't deserve uh, that gift because I know myself as a broken uh, sinner. I know I've fallen short in my life, but I've been given this gift of Jesus. And even in the way in which God gave his only son for us, I'm thinking, man, if I was God, like how, what would this grand entry look like? It was, you know, how would I have my son come into the world? I, I'm thinking more like the 2008 Summer Olympics. I, I don't know if, um, if any of you, some of you weren't even born then, but there was this time back in the day, you know, 10 years ago. Um, but they're in Beijing. They spent $300 million on the opening ceremony. 15,000 people danced. Kids, there was like people in tutus. There's all sorts of stuff uh, going on, but they were dancing, celebrating. It was a four-hour long celebration. I'm thinking something like that. I would pick a big city, you know. God did something completely different. It wasn't this big city. It wasn't this big event. It wasn't even this upper-end family. No, it was this little town of Bethlehem. It was this, even Jesus of Nazareth, this smaller community. There was a lot of bigger cities in that day and in those times, but it was like, no, God went a different direction, and it was more quiet, this rural, tiny town. I mean, it, you know, for, for even for us, you know, it wouldn't be like Boise, it wouldn't be Meridian, it wouldn't be the Treasure Valley, it would be like Riggins, Idaho, okay? We're talking Riggins, Idaho, lots of, lots of great things. 416 people call Riggins, Idaho home, and that's more about the town size, about 500 people. Um, I mean, there's great things in Riggins. You got whitewater rafting, you know, the Salmon River and, and all of that's right there, Leighton Vanderesh. I don't know that it gets any better than that. Can we give it up for that? That's exciting. That's a small rural town, but also, I mean, Dallas Cowboys, you know, praise God. Um, game's in 32 minutes from right now, um, but uh, very, very exciting. Um, but a smaller, smaller town, um, but something special that God had put in place. You know, instead of this royalty, it was, it was more peasants that were bringing uh, the Son of God into the world. A cave or stable rather than a castle. See, God does things that kind of get our 
our attention and can catch us by surprise. And if we look at it, we would say, okay, if I was God, I probably wouldn't have done it that way. And, and to think Jesus was born in this stable, it, was a, it could have been like a cave where sheep were, were kept. And, you know, and now our day and time, like somebody would call the authorities and turn those people in. Like there's a baby out there um, with the animals. Um, and I think about, you know, the provisions we make for kids um, now, even like car seats, you know, um, car seats. Now this car seat right here is $2,640. That's 2,640 bucks. Okay. And I don't know. I know our kids have to be in car seats till their sophomore year of high school. And so I don't know if this like just keeps growing and then it transforms into a vehicle. Um, I don't know, but it's $2,640. You know, I think about the car seat that I had when I was a kid, like I didn't have one, first off. I didn't have one, but my brothers and sisters had something like this. And I mean, it had duct tape all over it. I don't know where we got it. It looked like it could have got on the back of a bike and then just went to the car as well. Um, and it was, I don't think it was for safety. It was more so kids could see out the window and wouldn't drive you crazy when you, you, you drove in from the country like me, 17 miles all the way in town, looking out the windows, living large. You had to have a tetanus shot to get in it, but... That's, that's kind of the, the childhood that, that I had. And, and looking, you know, at the provisions that were made for Jesus, you know, it was interesting that Jesus came with this humble power and not, or a, hum, a humble peace, but not a haughty power. So it wasn't like he came in like, hey, I'm here. It was more this humble way of approaching this greatest gift for this perfect, sinless son of God to offer his life for us. And when you look at what God has, has given to us in his only son, like even Mary was a common name. One in three girls were named Mary. So it wasn't like, oh yeah, Mary, oh Mary. It was like Mary Magdalene, Mary, Mary, quite contrary. There was a lot of different Marys that were, that were there. She was set apart by God. See, we often think the bigger the ceremony, the bigger the situation, um, there's a human propensity for us, this endless pursuit that we have for more, bigger and better. And here's the reality. We always try to make our less more. If we've been given something, how do we make it bigger? How do we make it better? How do we continue uh, to improve it? And we as humans constantly think that more, bigger, better will ultimately bring peace, will ultimately bring a rest. And you know what we end up doing is we make a mess because of the complication and, and we add more and more and more it actually brings a lot of, of confusion. And God attacks this more mentality because he knows what the hearts and souls of people need. We need a simple message. We need something that is unexpected. We need something that, that isn't going to rival by man's eyes, but the humble son of God came and stood sinless and lived sinlessly and came in a way that could relate to us Because God knew it wasn't one more purchase. It wasn't one more unique situation. It wasn't one more pleasure or something powerful. No, God came in and he makes more out of less. God always makes more out of less. What more does is it over-promises and it under-delivers. But God says, watch this. Watch me make more out of less. Watch me make less better. Watch we make something out of nothing. Watch me bring clarity to this confusing propensity and pursuit that each one of us have for more. Watch me. Watch my mission be clear. 
Matthew 1 clarifies it well. It says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. The key word is with. God with us. Is God over us? Absolutely. But also God is with us. He's Emmanuel. He's in this together with us. So if you're lonely, he's with you in that loneliness. If you're afraid, he's with you in the fears that you have. He wants to bring comfort and peace to you. If you may feel broken, he's there to rescue and restore the life that you and I are living. And maybe you're standing, you're sitting here today going, man, I'm just exhausted. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm here today. I clicked the link. I'm watching online. I'm over at the hub. I'm here. I made it. Okay. I made it today, but I am exhausted by the life that I'm living. I'm exhausted by the circumstance around me. I want you to know that he's with you. And you may be saying, this ain't a joy to the world kind of year. Like I'm looking at this season and I'm trying to make provisions for the family, but I'm in a mess. And maybe the holidays have come around and it's striking you in a way that's a little bit different than what you maybe experienced before in grief or, or loss or a broken relationship has settled in and you find it stealing your joy. But this is a family that attends Rock Harbor that we get to share Josh's story of he and Bethany and the journey that they've been on seeking out peace even in times of trial. I was raised in a loving Christian home. I always believed in, in God. Uh, my parents taught me uh, about Jesus and it wasn't always the direction I took in my life. Went to college, getting good grades. I was... Um, starting on the football team you know things were things were going pretty easy but you know the things and that I was doing were contrary to the way I was raised you know as I began to suppress those feelings uh, to make it easier for me to live my life that way you know God just began to to work on me no matter you know how how far I um, ran from him he stayed close and he continued to pursue me there was a time um, when I'd moved back home, turning onto Meridian Road off of Lake Hazel, and the thought crossed my mind: if I got hit by a car that day, you know, where would where would my soul end up? You know, I think it was that reality that hit me that I was living for myself. I was living for the things that I ultimately wanted in my life. I was trying to choose my path and not allowing. Uh, God to take direction. I specifically remember one afternoon at work, um, bowing my head and praying to God, and God answered my prayer instantly in only a way that He could. And, you know, it was like, to me, God heard my prayer even though I was a sinner. When I truly surrendered my life to Jesus, my life was changed. I always knew the things that I enjoyed doing before, I no longer had a desire for that anymore. My desire was was towards the Lord, and those were the things um, that I wanted to surround my life with. You know, shortly after, God blessed me with a wife. Uh, I, I met Bethany at a, at a uh, church gathering and just knew from the moment uh, that that we met, that God had chosen her for me. So I remember the night uh, my daughter was born. There were some complications, and 
you know, she was she was rushed uh, to the ER, sitting there uh, in a, a state of confusion and just, uh, you know, you never had anticipated in that moment that this was going to be uh, part of my story. Uh, this was not a thought that had crossed our, our minds at all. Um, I remember when the doctors came into the room and told me they were sorry, uh, that there was, wasn't anything they could, could do, um, but she was gone. Um, you know, the thoughts are going through your mind like, God, why did this happen? Um, you know, and then, you know, I started thinking about my wife and, and the devastation that she was going through. And, you know, you just start to wonder, like, man, how am I going to pick up the pieces? You know, this life that we'd envisioned uh, was never going to be the same again. Life was a struggle, you know, right off, right off the bat. You know, there was, there was times of, of uh, you know, hurt. There was times of, of sorrow uh, together with my wife. But, you know, the great thing that God was doing for us at that time was he was given, given us strength um, when the other was weak. We were, you know, leaning on him in a time when, you know, no one could say anything to comfort us you know we could only um we could only turn to to god and the peace that he brings uh through his son um you know it's 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 something that you can't explain but in the time god knew exactly what we needed so it's been about eight years now um life hasn't been perfect but you know there's been so much joy and and God's blessed us in so many ways uh, my marriage has been stronger um, God's blessed me with uh, two beautiful children I've learned that God is not the author of pain in my life but he is the author of my life and I can trust him with it well I know the the verse that the Norbrands have really clung to over the last few years has been uh, Philippians uh, 4, verse number 7. It tells us in this peace that God, uh, a peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, that, that God can bring a peace to you no matter what your circumstance, no matter what you've been through. God can bring uh, hope to us. Uh, we can trust in him. And as he said, God's not the author of that pain, but he's the, he's the peace even in the times of pain. That he'll guard us, that he'll that he'll protect us, and and his understanding it will surpass it will surpass anything that we can possibly put together in our mind. And I recognize that many of us in this room we're carrying some sort of weight or some kind of burden as we're here today. And for some of us, it's that of anxiety that it may not have been something that's happened or or hasn't. It's given us some some different ways that we approach situations. But maybe it's something that we're, we're concerned might happen. Verse 6, if we just jump back one verse there in Philippians 4, it says it this way. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. We can trust God. 
See, anxiety is the opposite of peace. And many of us, we struggle with anxiety. It doesn't mean we, we love God less or we don't trust God. What it means is we may have a, a challenge in this. And so the encouragement that each one of us can have is, hey, are we willing to put our faith in him? Are we willing to say, hey, I can't, but you can. Your peace will pass this understanding. He's this wonderful counselor that's been promised to us. And maybe you deal with what ifs in your mind, like what if this happens and, and what if I can't uh, see through um, my marriage? What if I can't fix this relationship? And, and we say, even if. Instead of saying, what if I can't, we say, even if this happens, I will trust God. Even if the result comes back from the testing that's, that's not something that I would anticipate or not something that I would ever desire, but even if I will trust him. You know, 700 years prior to Jesus coming, there was this promise of a Messiah. It says that this way in Isaiah 9, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. He's this counselor. He brings this comfort to us. He's this, this promise of peace, this prince of peace. And Jesus is the peace that you and I, that we're looking for. See, the peace that comes from him, it can comfort us. It can bring a comfort to us. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives to you. You know how the world gives to us? It overpromises and under delivers. And Jesus says, I want to bring a peace that's different. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. This peace of Jesus can also save us. It can rescue us. It can redeem and it can restore us. Paul says it this way, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once afar away have now been brought near through the blood of Christ for Christ himself is our peace. You who were once far away, Josh was once far away. I know exactly where Meridian Road in Lake Hazel is. It's just a few miles from here. And him to be right there and remember the intersection and go, you know what? If I went into eternity right now and I passed from this life to death, I don't know where my eternity would be set. And for some of us, we came in today with full confidence, not just because we believe in God and surely he'll hook us up. I mean, a good God loves us. No, our sin separates us from a good God. But God, in his love and his mercy, sent his only son for us. And he has orchestrated this moment that we're in right now. Whether you're watching online, whether you're right here in this room, whether you're in an overflow area, whether you're at a venue just down the street, he's orchestrated this moment for you to hear this message of peace. For you to hear your depression, your anxiety, your sin, your setback, your falling short. Those who are far away are being brought near. And the peace that we're looking for is this peace that can only come from Jesus. And he's come for us. He's Emmanuel. And you may say, my life's a mess. Well, guess what? It takes a mess to make a miracle. And he wants to come in. And even though Josh felt unworthy, he was given this peace that can only come from him. Only come from God. And Jesus came in the way that he did. Get it this way. Jesus came the way that he did so you could come just as you are. He came in a way that maybe wasn't spectacular, but oh my goodness, was it a miracle. 
He came in a way that no one would have expected. Why? Because we have a good God that brings great gifts to his kids. And in his only son, he brought salvation to you. Do you have peace? Have you received the gift of Jesus in your life? Would you bow your heads with me? Just right where you're seated. Can you answer this question? Do you have the peace of Jesus? See, at Christmas time, countless number of people celebrate a time in their life. It's kind of an anniversary date or a birth date of a new beginning of a year ago or five years ago or 10 years ago. That someone crossed over the line of faith and said, it's today. It's a fresh start for me today. Have you surrendered your heart and your life to Jesus Christ? Maybe you feel like you were once closer to him than you are right now. Today is the day of new beginnings. For Jesus came as he did so that you could come to him just as you are. Not cleaning yourself up, not figuring stuff out, not attending church a certain amount of times, but rather say, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. You rose from the dead. And because of this gift, I can have life. If God has moved in your heart this morning for a fresh start, for a new beginning, I invite you to pray with me. Dear God, thank you for giving your only son for me. That he would live on this earth and he would die on this earth. But he wouldn't stay dead. He rose from the dead for me to have life. I receive that gift. For you've done something for me that I could not do for myself. I seek forgiveness of my sin from the only one who can forgive the one who's paid the price. Thank you for coming as you did so I could come as I am. In your name I pray, amen. Well, as you came in today, uh, you were given a program and and we are uh, big into next steps here at Rock Harbor and we want everyone to take that next step. And so if you would go ahead and take that program out now and you can start to uh, complete that next step communication card that's on the bottom there. And a couple of things about that. It says on there, I've surrendered my life to Jesus Christ today or recently. And so maybe for some of you, this was your, your first step today. And maybe it's been in the last year that you've come to a relationship with Jesus. You want to share that with us? We're not going to show up at your house. We're going to send you just an email and uh, just uh, give you a couple of resources. But also gives us a chance to celebrate the new life in Christ that we're celebrating um, today. It talks about if you have questions about a relationship with Jesus, you can let us know that. Maybe you want to take that step of baptism that we're doing in the new year. And, and this will be a fresh start for you to say, hey, I want to go public with the decision I made for Jesus Christ. And there's a few other things listed. And at the very bottom, number seven, it says that I will be here on January 6th. You know, we don't have services next week. You're saying, I'll be here on January 6th as we jump into Deeply Rooted. We're going to be studying and we're going to have this fresh start, each one of us taking this step uh, together in our relationship with God. And so if you mark that, just let us know that I'm making that commitment uh, to be here. We would just uh, love to have you be part of that. And then you can place these in the next step boxes in just a moment. 
You know, we are privileged to have this opportunity uh, to partner uh, with kids around the world and in our local community for Christmas. You know, just a a couple months ago, uh, we did our Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes that are shipped all around um, the world. We did 940 boxes. How many of you kids, you were part of that? How many of you kids, you did that? Yeah, a bunch of you suckers. A bunch of you guys, you know, doing boxes. I shouldn't call you suckers. Um, um, But... I'd call my kids suckers. They're not here. They'll be here in just a minute. Um, and I'll say it to their face. Um, but we did a bunch of boxes. I'm sure you guys did too. But that provides Christmas and also the message of Jesus Christ to a lot of people. Additionally, we did our giving tree that we just uh, were able to wrap gifts and had a bunch of families come to the hub and we're wrapping gifts and, and eating a meal together and spending some time. We were able to minister to 21 families in our local community, uh, 30 kids outside of that that have aged out of the foster care system. We've been able to come alongside them and bring encouragement to them at this time of year. There's six schools we partnered with through that. And because of your generosity, we were able to, to do that. We want to say uh, thank you. There was a, a single moment mom that had four kids that came in and thought she was getting one or two presents of the list that she made and come to find out she got all of them. She was going crazy. She was crying. She was crying in her Costa Vida. She was just so excited. We're wrapping presents. She started crying more. And then she realized I don't have room in my car. So we had to get another car, basically make a train uh, to her apartment and load it full of gifts and, and get it there. And I just want to thank you for being a two car full generous church because of your generosity, we're able to share the message of Jesus with those who may be going through a hard time right now. And we've been blessed by much, and so we as a church and we as followers of Jesus get the privilege to give much. I want to invite you to continue to complete your communication card as the band sings this song.